Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a podcast series featuring discussions on issues, services, and activities of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition, we're going to talk to Joe Belsan, an organic gardener and foodscaper who writes the gardening column for the county's Golden Gazette newspaper. He also teaches organic gardening and provides advice at his local farmer's market. This is Joe's third show with the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, and we're delighted to have him back with us again. You may remember he was here in the spring to tell us how to start a garden, came back in August to tell us how to get our gardens through the dog days of summer. Now today, we're going to talk about putting our gardens to bed for the winter. Joe's also going to discuss what you can do during the long, cold, non-growing season, including tuning the gardening tools and pruning around your estate. So, Joe, thanks for being with us again. Thank you. It's good to be here. We've got a little uh, a series here within a series. Yeah. Kind of getting everything ready for the, for the seasons, and we've... Um, uh, this podcast is going to be, you know, kind of air quote live, like mm-hmm. last week in October, first week in November. We've had our first kind of really cold snap, so it's kind of start start thinking about that that winter season. So, I guess a general question to, to start with is there is it a major difference during the non-growing season as opposed to the growing seasons of of amount of work or things we should consider? I guess. In our area, it's, it's not really uh, that much of a difference. Uh, uh, we, we get blessed with uh, some unusually warm weather during the mm-hmm. uh, November, December months, or at least we have in the last couple of years. Um, although, you know, many years ago, I remember when I first moved in to the, to the area, it was totally different. We were when when it turned winter, it was winter, and right. you didn't have any, you know, you you couldn't you couldn't poke a, a stick in the soil, soil right. you know, right. that kind of thing. Frozen shut. <laughs> Today you can, uh, you know, it's uh, like planting bulbs, uh, tulip bulbs, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go out and put those in the ground without any problem mm-hmm. at all today. Right. Uh, but uh, but in terms of taking care of your garden. Um, the one thing you want to do is to uh, you want to feed it. Okay. That's what I that's what I call it. Okay. You want to feed it with uh, all kinds of trash goods like cut grass clippings, shredded leaves that you've collected uh, oh, when yeah. you mow your lawn, etc. Okay. Okay. Well, and there's going to be a lot of those come the, oh, the yeah. leaves. Yeah. yeah. My neighbor, my next door neighbor, when we moved in, and he was the real estate agent for the the seller of the house was a fellow by the name of Nat Young, who was on the city council at the time in, in the city of Fairfax and later became mayor. And uh, his philosophy, he had many more trees than I had of, uh, of leaves. And he, his philosophy was to wait until the wind stopped blowing and the last leaf fell. <laughs> I like that. And <laughs> that's when he would go out and start collecting. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, you have to do it this week, and then you look out two hours later, and it's like, yeah. I just raked them. Well, you know, it, it, this philosophy of his was, was okay, except for the fact if the wind blew in the wrong direction, right. the leaves ended up on my property. You got them. And, and, and he didn't have any work to do. <laughs> But then you smartly would, well, I assume, chop them up or use them yeah, for mulch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so you, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. So when we're, we're, we're talking about, and let me, before I talk about putting the garden to bed for the winter, I'm assuming we're pretty much done with 
our growing season for yeah, to a degree. If uh, if you have a cold frame or you uh, make yourself what what, I, what the French call a cloche, you take a couple of uh, wire hangers mm-hmm. and you bend them into a U-shape okay. form. Okay. Stick them in the ground. Then you cover it with plastic. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, you weight you weight it down on on either side with soil okay. or with bricks or whatever. And that that uh, gives you basically a cold frame, and you can grow some very uh, winter or cold hardy plants in okay. there. Um, things like kale, things like mustard, uh, certain lettuces, for okay. example. Interesting. Okay. Cool. That's, nice uh, tip. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to do that, and, and if you're doing container gardening, you can you can do the same thing. Gotcha. Basically, gotcha. just make a little. Bubble, bubble, if you will, right? Uh, out of the uh, out of the plastic and uh, plant your seeds. Okay. But other than that, you're right. Yeah. This is uh, the the the, the, harder, time, the, the time, time. <laughs> the the time to go inside, light the fire, and right. uh, get a little libation. Get some hot hot chocolate. So, if we're talking about putting the garden to bed, what does that mean? Are there are certain things that we should do to we finish, you know, air quotes, we finish the season, mm-hmm. if you will, for the most part. You, you mentioned right. some other examples. But we finish the season. Are the things we need to do as we end to maybe go ahead and get the, the soil and everything ready for the next, next, next that's, year? That's exactly what you're doing. You want to replenish okay. the, uh, the nutrition that's in the soil. And, and uh, I read uh, uh, an article where they, they talked about uh, just a— uh, a teaspoon, a very small amount of soil contains enough micro bugs, mm-hmm. okay, that is greater than the population of the world. My goodness. It's just in a teaspoon. Wow. Okay, so these are, these are the guys that are helping you to, uh, to, to uh, compost, if you will. Okay. What the material that you put on. And... Uh, if you if you have a real garden, now I have a garden, okay, uh, and and for the folks out there that do have uh, small plots, no matter how big, uh, just pile on the leaves and the grass clippings and et cetera, and come late February, early March, you're going to be surprised at uh, at what you have left. Wow. I mean, it, it goes that fast. Okay. And for those of us that may not have a garden plot but have a you know, a bunch of flowers or, you know, mm-hmm. flower beds, those kind of things. Same principle? Same principle, okay. yes. Exactly the same thing. Um, uh, my wife is in charge of the flower beds, and she's she's doing the, the front right now. But uh, uh, she's working with the soil, and she, she commented to me the other day. She said, boy, that soil out there is fantastic. And I said... Well, that was the result of me putting on the leaves mm. and, the, and everything, and they just deteriorate right. and get into the soil, and they make it more friable gotcha. uh, and easy to work with. You know? Okay. Yeah. So grass clippings, the shredded leaves, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps keep them out of the landfill because a lot of people put them in, exactly. the, in the paper exactly. bags and the trash yeah. man picks it up or whatever. So, okay, we've done that. How about um, other aspects of, of the garden that we that are – 
that we don't think about but that we need, like the tools we use or the maybe a, a, you know gas-powered machinery or right. things like that? Are there, are there certain things we need to do for the, for the winter for those? Well, yeah. The, uh, the thing you want to do right now, or not right now, but probably uh, after you've really finished, I mean, this is October the 26th, okay? I'm looking at another 30 days or so of uh, of maybe doing some seed planting or whatever out there, oh, wow. just okay. straightening up the rows a little bit, making oh. making them a little wider for myself. Uh, normally, I only had about a foot and a half. I'm going to start widening the rows to about two to three feet, so that I can more easily maneuver in okay. the garden. I was going to ask you why. You know, my my age is catching up to me, and <laughs> I, I'm trying to stay ahead of it, but uh, it's it's not working very well. Gotcha. Okay. But a good thing to do uh, with with your with the, with all of your tools, your cutting tools, rakes, and uh, uh, things like that, is just to give them a light glaze of uh, just use plain old motor oil, um, and that'll prevent the rust. Okay, mm. and and uh, uh, keep it keep it healthy, okay. if you will. And if you have wooden handles, okay, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you use something called linseed oil, okay. which is uh, readily available at most uh, hardware stores, markets. Right. And that, again, prolongs the uh, the life of the handle okay. itself. So like uh, chopping shears or things mm-hmm. like that? Exactly. Okay, linseed oil, just maybe with a cloth, just kind of wipe cloth, it on, yeah. let it just I would dry. wear a pair of gloves okay. when, when you're doing that. Okay. You know. And do you just let it dry, or do you yep. put it on and then wipe it dry? And just wipe it dry. That's okay. it. And then motor oil, same thing. Just put a cloth and motor oil on. Well, the, the, the motor part. oil you put in very thin, like I say, a very thin layer, and and you'll you'll see the difference. Right. Um, Interesting. And then just hang it up in the garage and let it go. Wow. Do you sharpen blades and things like that, or do you? I tried that one time. I tried uh, sharpening my own lawnmower blade and. Uh, I didn't do a very good job because it has to be so well balanced. Hmm. And if you have an unbalanced blade, it shows when you're when you're mowing your lawn. Interesting. Okay. Not only with the, the the grass being torn up, but right. uh, you know. Right. So every uh, every couple of years, I get a new blade. Hmm. Okay. And that makes life a lot right. easier. Would you Would you just wait until the spring to do that? Yeah. 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 You can do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I take I take a little bit of oil motor oil and where the spark plug is in your lawnmower okay using an eyedropper or or something like that right. i put a couple of drops in there and that helps to keep the spark plug plug healthy it doesn't rust oh, interesting. and uh, okay. it starts right up in the in the springtime okay and I know you mentioned we've still got, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, depending on where folks live, that we can still have some, you know, uh, active use out of our, our lawnmower or other equipment. I know I just cut the grass mainly mm-hmm. for the – well, I had to cut the grass. The grass yeah. is still growing, but also for the leaves. Um, what about the – and I'm, I'm never sure on which way is the proper way, but I've heard people say take all the gas out of your gas tanks for, for, for the winter, for mm-hmm. things like that. And I know that's not a gardening-specific question, but the yeah. tools that we're using. Well, yeah. Well, it, it, what I've done personally is uh, in the in the early days when I didn't have the knowledge I have now, I would run the ga- run, run the lawnmower until it was dry. Um, that's not a bad idea, but it turns out it's not the best idea. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, there are there are products on the on the market uh, that 
that are additives that you can put into the gas tank that will keep the gas fresh uh-huh. throughout the winter. Winter, okay. it won't uh, it won't produce uh, uh, this uh, film mm-hmm. that would interrupt with the workings mm-hmm. of the okay. motor itself. Okay. And uh, yeah, what I I do. Uh, I will let the motor run a little bit uh, after I've added the additive. Okay. Right. Okay. You, because that gets it all the way around. Next time and you through. fire it up. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, we're kind of looking at, at the tools that maybe will be put away in the shed for the winter. And we've got the, the garden, the kind of last steps we're, we're mm-hmm. doing to get the maximum use out of it. And then kind of prepare, for, you know, for, for next spring. What about... Um, you know, maybe shrubs and trees and other things like that, that maybe not the garden plants, but, you know, it's like we want to do something in the yard. So maybe we're going to go out and maybe kind of prune the trees and the bushes and stuff like that. Yeah, you're talking about my wife. <laughs> she, she, uh, you, give her, there, huh? you give her pruning <laughs> shears and boy, she's out there. And we have a, a four and a half year old grandson and, uh, he helps her. He carries the garbage away oh, and nice. stuff like that. But let me back up for a minute for the folks that have container containers. Okay. okay. All right. There's a couple of things that you can do if you if you want to, and if you have an area, a small area, uh, just again take your grass clippings and your leaves, the shredded leaves, etc., and make a pile out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, then in the spring, you'll go back and at the bottom of that pile you're going to find some of the finest friable soil that you could want. And you want to mix that into your containers. You want to change the soil in your container just about every year, depending on the size. The smaller the size, the more often you change it. The larger the size, you can take the top, say, six inches or so, and take this compost material that I'm talking about, all right, and mix that in. Gotcha. Okay. The other alternative would be to just go to a, one of the local stores and get some composted cow manure. <laughs> the che- it's the cheapest thing that you can find. Right. It's cheaper than topsoil. Right. Wow. Okay. All right. And mix that in with the top six inches of your container. Okay. okay? And that will give a nutritional boost to the soil so you can... Okay. Have a have a good uh, uh, planting in the season in the spring. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I call it pruning around the estate. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like I say, my wife is going crazy out there right now. But uh, the one thing you want, you really want to wait on on any kind of major pruning. Like I've got uh, uh, crepe myrtle in my front yard as an yeah, example. Yeah. Yeah. And this this guy has grown into Oh, there's probably about seven or eight stems, if you will, mm-hmm. that reach up, oh, 20 feet or so. Wow. And um, one of my next door, na- one of my neighbors uh, is a uh, groundskeeper at George Washington University. Hmm. And uh, the benefit there is he knows his plants. His front yard is a, is a botanical garden right. in itself. You know, uh, people walk by and admire it all the time. But uh, he suggested thinning out some of the uh, crepe myrtle branches, the stems. Makes sense. And and, uh, get a little more airiness in there. All right. Uh, 
Um, cutting it back from the top down, it's six of one, a half a dozen of the other. He he used to do that for one of our neighbors, and uh, it would come back and bloom profusely every year. Mm. All right. Mine, I didn't cut down, and it would bloom profusely every mm. year. Okay. But there are, you know, uh, there are individual situations right. that, depending on how much sun you get, depending on how much water you get, how much this, that, and everything, how much nutrition, makes a big difference. Mm. The one thing you don't want to do is to prune any spring flowering plants, like azaleas, for example. Okay. All right? Lilacs are another one that comes to mind. Uh, because what they're doing right now is forming the buds that will become the blooms hmm. in the spring. Okay, okay. Okay? Uh, you, can, you can thin them out a little bit from the bottom if you want. Okay. But don't cut them from the top. Oh. That's for sure. Okay. So and if, let me just add yeah, no. one more thing. If we do have snow in the wintertime, Let's hope uh, not, but yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't had my wood stove going oh, okay. for at least a couple of years now, and I've got all this beautiful wood that's seasoned, <laughs> and it's ready to be burned. And, and, you know, in fact, I've got a couple of potatoes already. The one thing I really enjoy about the, the wintertime is uh, having this wood-burning stove. And years, well, when I was a kid, my grandfather used to take me up to Pelham Bay, New York. It was a city park, state park, whatever. And him and his old buddies up there would go fishing mm. using a drop line. And they would tie it to a, uh, a metal uh, hook mm -hmm. that had a bell on it. A bell? Yeah. Okay. Now, and then they'd retreat from, from the waterfront and sit down on a log or something like that, start a fire. And uh, they would take potatoes after the fire died down and put them on the coals and then cover it with sand. Okay. Okay. I don't know where you're going with this, but it uh -huh. sounds interesting so far. Now, if the bell, if a bell rang, you had to get up right. and go and pull in the fish that was on the end of the line. Right. All right. And these guys would sit around hoping that the bell wouldn't ring. <laughs> They were, quote, but, fishing. <laughs> but after about an hour or so, they'd remove the sand, and these potatoes were blackened. Mm -hmm. Okay? These were russet potatoes, and they were blackened. And they would just cut them in half and then just use a, sprinkle maybe a little bit of salt and using a spoon, Eat dig out the, the meat of the potato. Yeah. What a unique taste it is. What a flavor there is to it. I tell you. You don't need butter or anything like that. All right. Just just a little bit of salt, and I, Gar gardening tips and a chef yeah, too. A chef. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I that's what I enjoy about my woodbury stove. I could, when it when it dies down a little right. bit, I can throw a couple of potatoes right. in it. Well, we'll get you some cold weather so you can have your potatoes. Oh, but but I don't I don't enough. want the, I don't want the snow. <laughs> it's anyway. cold enough. Yeah. So, but it is going to be cold. You you got your wood stove. You're going to eat a potato. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hope for no snow and have some hot chocolate. What about keeping up with our, I guess, our eating habits during the winter when we can't grow our own, you know, fresh fresh fruits and vegetables? Very, I guess, very important. I guess we're going to yes. have to buy, buy it? Yes, yes. And, and uh, thank God there are still, uh, there are a few uh, farmer's markets in the area 
that uh, stay open during the wintertime. Hmm. All right. Uh, what they're selling are mainly root vegetables, things like squash, okay. rutabagas, and things like that. Things that you've probably never heard of, but it's really worth giving a try. I mean, the, the one farmer's market that I'm familiar with is over in Oakton, uh, and they, they stay open year-round. Wow. Um, and they also, the, the, the person who's the market director for that uh, provides uh, – uh, recipes for the vegetables that are available during this course of the year, this okay. time of the yeah. year. Well. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to try them out. Uh, the one thing I was, I was talking with uh, uh, one of your compatriots outside, I saw an ad in the paper not, not too long ago advertising peaches from California. Well, you know, I looked at the ad and I said to myself, now, why would I want to buy a peach that has traveled 3,000 miles, mm-hmm. was picked before it was mature, okay? And what am I going to get out of that peach taste-wise and nutrition-wise? And that's the bottom line. Uh, if, you can, if you can shop at a farmer's market, you may be paying a few cents more for some of these things. But you can bet your boots that what you're buying was only picked maybe the day before mm. or even that morning for that matter. Good point. You know, and you're getting the freshest uh, and tastiest produce, I think, mm-hmm. that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I notice in a, in a lot of the uh, supermarkets around here, they, uh, they're advertising locally grown. Far, farmers market uh, mm-hmm. type produce and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'll say this: that for my speaking for myself, you can't fool me. Right? Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> but, can tell. Uh, but I mean, you know, how how are you? What are you going to expect when you get strawberries in November or December? Right. There's no way that they were grown here. Right. They were grown elsewhere, and that you know that that bit of transportation, whether it's from Florida or whether it's from California, they're going to lose a little something. They're going to lose a little something. They're going to add to the to the pollution with the trucks mm. being driven and all this. Uh, you know, it all adds up one right. way or the other. Okay, a lot of great advice today from Joe Belsan, who's with us again on Fairfax Fifty Plus, talking about. Uh, as we approach the winter time, what we need to do to uh, kind of put our garden to bed and get our things, our tools ready for, for the winter and prepare for the, the coming spring. And I'm sure, Joe, we'll, we'll have you back again as we uh, enter the next season of our gardening adventure and uh, find out what I we look need forward to do to in, that. Our, in our next steps. Yeah. Thanks uh, to you for being with us on this edition of Fairfax 50 Plus again. And a couple of uh, things we'd like to ask you, if you will. Uh, First of all, uh, don't forget that you can follow Joe's uh, column in the Golden Gazette newspaper each month. You can also contact him at foodscaper at hotmail.com with any questions you may have about gardening. 
And if you need to find county services for older adults, recreation, community engagement opportunities, you can call 703-324-7948 Monday through Friday, or you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov olderadults. And when you're on that webpage, be sure to check out the link to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page and also subscribe to the Golden Gazette newspaper as well as the Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. Thanks again for listening to Fairfax 50 Plus, which is produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.